boy is eating. The boy is your name. What is your name? She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. Hey everyone, you are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Ian Kennedy. And I'm Paige Sutherland. And today Paige and I decided to wrap up this crazy and wild year we've had, talking about all the different things that have happened. We all know that our year has been completely engulfed and surrounded by COVID. To kind of take a break from that, we wanted to mention all the other things that have happened this year to take our minds off of the one thing that's been happening. So even in this crazy year that we've had with COVID, there have been a lot of other wild and crazy events. So of course, it's important for us to cover those topics and kind of give a good wrap up for this crazy year we've had of 2020. Listeners, as usual, if you get lost, go online, check out that audio guide and transcript. So Paige, 2020, where do we even start? Like you said, COVID has really just dominated the whole year. I think it's all anyone will ever remember of 2020 is the year of the global pandemic. And I mean, it's fair to say, you know, it took almost 1.7 million lives, you know, 77 million cases. So it's definitely worth talking about. But like you said, CWG has covered it. So we're going to, you know, talk about some of the other things that happened. But we had just a shit year with just starting in December, January with record breaking wildfires in Australia. I remember just seeing those photos and being amazed at just like how much land was on fire. You know, obviously it's land. It's people's homes, it's animals, wildlife. I think it was reported 47 million acres burned, which yeah, is devastating. Also just crazy that it's just a wildfire. That's just global warming. It's crazy because, you know, we're seeing this happen more and more as the years go by, right? We're seeing the effects of climate change to where, you know, in California in the last couple of years, there have been the, the biggest and I think deadliest wildfires. You know, it's been all over the world. We're seeing all this dryness, more fires. Here in Santiago, even in the last few years, I want to say the last five years, it's been a historic drought. So we're seeing a lot of these effects and, you know, it kicked off with the year with Australia on fire. And I think it's uh, it's always a bad indicator for the year when the year starts literally on fire, like we saw in Australia. So it should have probably been a warning for us that bad things were coming. We also had a few other events that were, again, a little sad. Kobe Bryant died. Uh, yeah, which, that was quite tragic. Were you a big fan? Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm not a big basketball fan, but, you know, as far as looking at the best performers in all sports, I mean, Kobe Bryant's a legend. And my is probably in the top three best basketball players ever. And I remember growing up watching him play, and I think you'd be hard-pressed to find an American who didn't know who he was, especially kids who really looked up to him kind of in our age when he was a real star. And to hear that they had a tragic event like a helicopter crash, you know, to hear of, a, of someone dying in a helicopter crash is such a such a shocking event. And especially when it's someone so loved. And these are the kind of people who we think are going to be around forever, right? We're just going to see them in, in magazines and doing what they do and live a long life. And so it's it's really crazy to see someone die at the hands of a helicopter crash. And even worse, he was with his daughter, with mm-hmm. other families. So 
I think it was just a really tragic event that we also saw towards the beginning of this year. I mean, I remember when that news came out, it was, it was big, like the whole kind of world stopped and reacted. Yeah, exactly. Um, we had some other things happen as well. So following those two tragic events at the beginning, kind of moving more towards politics now, which we saw plenty of action in this year as well with that. So President Trump at the time earlier in the year, he was under the threat of impeachment from Congress, right? Sadly, there's been talk of impeachment for probably most of Trump's presidency because of how he won in 2016. There was, you know, involvement from Russia and all of these kind of cases against him that came up, you know, there was one that was really viable where basically it was quid pro quo with Ukraine and that, you know, it was basically like, oh, we're not going to give you funding unless you do this for me kind of thing. And you just can't do that as a president. And so, you know, when that tape came out, there was a hearing of impeachment. And so that had to go through the Congress and the Senate and ended up acquitting him. So he didn't get impeached. Some other big news that I think everyone around the world cared about, because everyone's obsessed with the royal family, is that Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, basically said, we don't want to be a part of the royal family anymore. And just was like, peace, <laughs> which is very shocking. I think that made huge news. Yeah. And that was big because who would give up a life of royalty to just be regular people, I guess. But we kind of talked about in, in an earlier episode about the whole Megxit thing. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to be fine. I'm sure they have plenty of money still. They're going to still have plenty to do, do their own thing. They just won't be living in the castle. And honestly, they might actually have some more leeway to kind of do what they want, live their lives a little bit more normally. So I don't fault them for that, especially if they're getting all a lot of money still. Hard to feel sorry for them. But yeah, that's interesting. Are they living in Canada like we thought? I mean, obviously with the pandemic, who knows what's permanent or not. But last time I checked, I think they're in the California area and that they like signed on, I think, with Gimlet or Spotify to do a podcast like they're going to be in the media but on their own terms like I think they're going to push out a lot of reality type products the big reason they wanted to get out of the royal family is they wanted to be able to live where they want to live and I think they wanted a little less eyes on them because when you're in the royal family 24 7 coverage I think in at least from my perception of it it seems like in the UK the tabloids are a little stronger there. Where here, we kind of laugh and scuff and not a lot of people read them, but the kind of stuff that came out about Prince Harry and Meghan were just like really awful. And I think they were just sick of that. It was like very toxic all the time. Like if she wore high heels, she was a slut or if she, it was just like so constant. I think they just were like, no thanks. <laughs> sure, yeah, I get that. I don't blame them for that at all, I see. Speaking of other things that have happened this year, another kind of a kind of a dark thing was uh, we saw the the Harvey Weinstein criminal cases, the criminal trials, which for those of, who aren't familiar with Harvey Weinstein, he was a, a big, famous, powerful Hollywood producer. And it was found out that for years and years, he was sexually harassing and sexually violating, assaulting different women, which is crazy because he's such a famous and well-known person, especially in that world. And so to think he was doing all these terrible things, absolutely awful to hear from everyone and just showing the light on, you know, how often this, this happens and these people that are in positions of power, they really exploit that power sometimes. So it was, it was a pretty big deal to hear about all those cases. Well, I think the big takeaway was that he was held accountable. I think there's no surprise that there's a lot of people that are sexually assaulted and especially people that are empowered money. It's not like a, oh my God, big surprise. But I think 
he was made an example, right? It's like, here's this rich guy that really crossed the line with so many women and finally now will go to prison. And I feel like that was really powerful for the Me Too movement is that just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean you won't be arrested and held accountable. And I think a lot of people are worried about that because he went his whole life, like there were police reports about him, like people knew in the industry that he was sexually assaulting women. It's just he had enough money to get away with it. So I think this year with him actually getting sentenced to jail time was like a big step in the movement of like, okay, if you're rich and powerful, that's it. Like you're not getting away with it anymore. You will go to jail. CWG officially has over 100 episodes and we are among the top podcasts in Chile. And that's thanks to you. But we are always working to grow our audience, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, and even LinkedIn. But most importantly, rate, review, and share us with all your friends, family, and coworkers. And if you want to take your English education to the next level, sign up for private or group classes at dynamicenglish.cl. well, Ian, like, you know, I'm no longer in in Chile. But you know, while I was there, obviously, there was a huge social uprising. And the referendum got moved from April to October, you were there, that was a huge step. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So for those who aren't aware, the kind of social uprising here in Chile started back in October of 2019. And like you mentioned, there's supposed to be a referendum vote in April to amend to change the constitution due to the craziness of this year, the COVID that got moved to October. And so October of this year, Chile finally voted on whether to amend the current constitution, which is the same version that existed under the Pinochet era, that dictatorship, which was really awful time in history here. So a lot of people, you know, had the feeling we need to, to get out of that dark period. We need to make life better for the Chilean citizens, for people here. And so in October, this vote happened and with some incredible results. Almost 70% voted to pass the referendum to change, to amend the constitution. You know, there were wild celebrations, as you can imagine. I went out in the city that night and it was amazing to see everybody out celebrating with music, fireworks, with flags, with all this, this great culture and great excitement for an improvement, for the improvement of people, right? So that there's more equity among people with opportunity, better life. And it was great just to see the hope in everybody to say, all right, you know, we are making changes maybe we can pull ourselves out of this dark history that we have. So that was a really important moment for the Chilean people here this year. And we'll see what happens next year with the next steps in the voting process. But that was a big start with a lot of things culminating after a year of protests, of, of violence, of social repression. So big event down here in Chile. I was sad to not be there, especially because I'm a reporter. So like I was there covering the social uprising in, you know, October of 2019, up until I left that March. And it was kind of sad not to be there for that historic vote. But it was great to see that you know, the vote had such support because during the global pandemic, the movement really stalled. I mean, they had such momentum and then everyone was quarantined for months. So the fact that they were still able to get that high of a vote during a gold pandemic where people weren't able to protest or spread really awareness, I thought was really great and just shows how much there's a need for change. Speaking of protests, you know, it was funny. I left protests in Chile and then I came home 
to the U.S. to more protests. But, you know, in the U.S., it was racial Black Lives Matter protests, police brutality, which are issues that are not new in the U.S. But, you know, there were just a lot of cases this year that really, really put the spotlight on how difficult it is to be a Black American here and how police see you differently and how they treat you. And unfortunately, a lot of times that results in deaths right? Black people dying for no reason. And so that was really historic. I mean, I think almost every city in the US, there were widespread protests and we were still going through a global pandemic too. So it's, you know, also shows how important this issue is that people still flooded the streets, even though it wasn't really safe to do so. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the George Floyd killing happened in June, that was, you know, it was pretty much the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of the racial tensions that exist in the U.S. And like you mentioned, it's not something new. It's, it's pretty common, unfortunately, to see in the news that, you know, a black person was killed by police or something really petty or nothing at all. And so I think the way that the George Floyd killing happened, you know, on video, really clear video, the way he was killed, the way the police officers acted, the way the people reacted watching the video, and the whole timing of everything. It's in the middle of the pandemic. People had been in quarantine for weeks. It just exploded into the streets, this violence, this these racial tensions, and really this problem that not with just black people in, in the police, but you know, citizens in the police have never had a great relationship. And so all of this came to a head because of all these elements, the way it all came. And so it's kind of like a ticking time bomb that just happened to go off right in the middle of a pandemic. And mm -hmm. I remember back in June just thinking, what in the hell is happening? We have a global pandemic. Like you said, almost every city in the U.S. had major protests. And I just thought, you know, if we're only halfway through 2020 and thinking ahead with the elections, with everything, I was, uh, I was pretty worried. I'm not going to lie, back in June about how things were going to go. So I think the Black Lives Matter was a really big really big pillar of this year, a big point of the news and has really shaped a lot of changes that we're seeing happening now. And we're going to continue to see happening in the coming years as well. So Phage, to wrap up the end of the year, the craziness that we've experienced in 2020, let's finish it off with talking about the U.S. presidential elections that happened in November. That was quite a roller coaster. I mean, obviously, we've never had a presidential election in the U.S. during the global pandemic. So a lot of people were voting by mail. A lot of people were voting early. It was just like such a shit show. The first time that we really had an election not be called, you know, the night of or the day after. The election was on a Tuesday. There wasn't official results of a winner until that Saturday. And that was still being contested, I think, until very recently. There might even still be states that are being looked into by the Trump administration on whether the votes were valid or not. So it... It was a wild ride, but Trump lost, Biden won, and allegedly it seems like um, the election is called and that, you know, January 20th will have a new president. It has been weird <laughs> to have a yeah, president that's like, I'm not going to leave. <laughs> yeah, right. And we've talked about in earlier episodes as well, just about how a lot of people were worried about what happens if he loses and it's really close and he doesn't concede. What if he refuses? Are we going to have a civil war? Are we going to have Republicans against Democrats? So a little bit of paranoia sunk in for some people, myself included. So I think it was not surprising, but it was something that we were all ready to see the result. And so those four or five days when we didn't know it was happening, everyone was just kind of super anxious to, to know what was going to happen. So 
Like you mentioned, it looks like now Trump has lost fair and square. If all things go according to plan at the end of January, we'll have a new president. And that'll kick us off for the start of 2021, which, you know, after living through 2020, I think we've hit almost rock bottom. I don't want to say that, but uh, I think we have a lot of room for improvement for 2021. And so I'm staying positive. I think that things are going to get better, even though we're in the strange time. And hopefully we can just look towards 2021 as a, as a chance to improve ourselves. 2020 kind of a year of many lessons learned. I agree. I mean, I think 2020 will always be remembered as the year of the global pandemic, but hopefully 2021 will be the year that we beat it, right? So I think a lot to look forward to for the coming year, but I am glad that it's almost over. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure all of our listeners listening right now are feeling the same way. Let's, uh, you know, let's not forget 2020 because we learned some good lessons, but let's put it in the rearview mirror and focus on 2021 and try to make things better. So listeners, thanks for tuning in with us. We covered, all, you know, a lot of these crazy topics, these, these events that happened in this year of the global pandemic. Again, if you get lost, go online, check out that audio guide and transcript. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.